powerful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Real Presence Radio listening family. Welcome. Welcome to Real Presence Radio Live. You might be listening in Wisconsin. You might be listening in Minnesota. You might be listening in North Dakota. You might be listening in South Dakota. You might even be listening in Wyoming. We're way down there. Or wait, we're almost we're, we're way down there. But of course, we're almost way down there too, because we're in Southwest North Dakota this morning. <laughs> Good morning, Mrs. Amanda Ellercamp. Good morning, Mrs. Kelly Schneider. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm I'm well. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not excited about our weather forecast. Right. Because they're talking about that four-letter white stuff word coming down in, in a lot of it. A lot of it. So um, I'm hoping that our, our listeners will be uplifted by the show this yeah. morning. If you're facing an impending winter weather forecast yes. that you're not ready for either. And we also hope that... The meteorologists are all wrong. You're right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> for, it's just going to be right. I it's always fine. have that in my mind. They could be wrong. Could be. Could just be wrong or for the snow. Not we'll to see. knock any of you meteorologists out in the listening area, <laughs> but we do hope that you're wrong. In this case, we do. In, in this case, we, case do. we do. Yes. We're going to get right to it. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Fisher Commons area at Trinity Junior High and High School here in Dickinson, North Dakota. It's quiet right now, uh, just after 8 o'clock. Things will pick up, uh, but we've got a great show planned, and um, our first guest is in studio, so we're going to begin with prayer so that we can we can get right to it. Today is the memorial of St. Saint, Saint Anthony Mary Claret, um, kind of a not a super well-known saint, but when that name pops up, you kind of go, oh yeah, I hear about this guy I've every year. I've heard of that one. So this morning, uh, Real Presence Radio listeners, just uh, join uh, in the silence of your hearts as I pray the collect for the Mass today. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, who for the evangelization of peoples strengthened the Bishop St. Anthony Mary Claret with admirable charity and long-suffering, grant through his intercession that seeking the things that are yours we may earnestly devote ourselves to winning our brothers and sisters for Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Well, as Kelly said, we've got a great lineup today. Lots of good in-studio guests, um, beginning with uh, one of our colleagues, Coach Greg Grinstenner. He is our athletic director here at Trinity High School and the boys' basketball coach. Uh, And uh, Mr. Grinstenner, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for, morning, thanks for joining us. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. <laughs> we all, uh, uh, for those of you that don't know the way our building is set up, all of our, our rooms, our offices are actually in the same hallway. So we just moved downstairs for the morning for our conversation That's right. instead of upstairs That's right. hallway. We moved, we moved it downstairs. <laughs> so it's very, very good. So, um, Greg, for those of you, uh, our listeners who might not know you, can you just introduce yourself briefly? Uh, Greg Grinsteiner, I've been teaching here. This is year 37, uh, coaching for 42 years. So I've been around uh, quite a bit. 
Um, this is the only place that I've, I've taught at. Uh, it's been kind of a, my calling, my vocation um, to be at this school. I graduated from here in 1982, graduated from Dickinson State in 1987. I actually went to school to become an accountant like my dad, and uh, I got my first taste of coaching uh, my mm -hmm. freshman year in college, and um, that kind of turned the tables for me, and I went into mm -hmm. education, and I have not regretted it one bit. That's amazing. Yeah, what 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 a legacy and um, generations now that you've taught and coached mm -hmm. of Titans, which is a really <laughs> neat you know thing. If if you mention Trinity High School, everybody's always like, oh, Mr. G, you know that mm -hmm. comes up. You're like synonymous with the school, which is I think really a uh, really an awesome thing. And as you said, you look at it's not just your job; like this is your right. vocation, which mm -hmm. I think shines through. And recently, um, mm -hmm. you were recognized uh, for your accomplishments and named to the National High School Coaches Hall of Fame. Um, so congratulations on that. Thank um, you. I, I honestly, as I think our president said in the spring, I thought you had been inducted into every Hall of Fame that there was. <laughs> so I was like, oh, there's another. Great. Um, yeah. um, so <laughs> tell me a little bit about that process or that honor for you and how that came about. Um. You know, a lot of the, the high school Hall of Fame basically is a, um, it's a career award. Um, they look at your service towards uh, high school athletics. It's not just the success you've had, and I've been very fortunate. Um, I've been blessed with a lot of very good families, a lot of good kids, uh, talented kids, and the staffs around me, I've been, you know, been lucky enough to really meet some very good people. And uh, I got involved with the High School Coaches Association, one of the best things I ever did. Um, in the state back in 2010 and I served on the executive board for five years and then I got involved with the advisory basketball advisory committee and different committees like that and it's really been uh, I think uh, giving back you know I had people that were very good uh, mentors for me and I thought part of part of the educational process is giving back to w with what you're doing what you've learned from other people and and that's where this kind of came about uh, very humbling I mean you're standing on stage with some guys that have been coaching for 50 60 years that you know football coaches that have have over you know 500 wins basketball coaches that have won 1100 1200 games and it's like yeah okay mm -hmm. i don't know if i belong here but you know just mm -hmm. it, it was a pretty cool thing for my family we, i got my kids to come down there with me and stuff it was mm -hmm. down in lincoln nebraska a place i've always wanted to go got to see memorial stadium down there because mm -hmm. i was a husker kind of a husker fan growing up a little bit and um <laughs> made life pretty fun that way yeah, that's awesome. And to I love how you said like that recognition of giving back to like this is, mm -hmm. you know, feeling like maybe you weren't worthy of this, but in your mm -hmm. your sense of service and giving back, you know, I think lends to that idea of this being a part of your vocation. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what got you into coaching? I know you said your your freshman year of college, you kind of got bitten by that coaching bug, so to speak. And <laughs> Well, I, when I played Legion baseball uh, during the summer times, um, Park and Rec had, used to have, you know, t-ball, volunteer stuff and mm -hmm. that, and I started getting into that a little bit. Um, when I graduated high school, my former, one of my former coaches, they were looking for a junior high football coach, um, asked me if I'd be interested in doing that, and I said, absolutely. So started doing that with him and I really uh, saw the difference you could make in a kid's life I mean just having a conversation with them you know on a daily basis you never you don't know what where these kids are coming from what what they have going on in their lives all I knew it was that you know an hour and a half after school I had these kids in my care 
And, you know, not only teaching them the game of football, but uh, lessons about life, you know, how you handle success, how you handle failure, uh, how you handle being a teammate, you know, things like that. I mean, there's so many parallels between athletics and faith, it's not even funny. I mean, you start looking at the discipline it takes to be in part of sports, the sacrifices that you have to um, make. I mean, it's, it's just like a journey that you have, you know, and it, 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 it prepares you for your faith life. And I think that's one of the reasons that I chose to, you know, be in a Catholic school because you can do that um, all at the same time. You have the parallels between athletics and your spiritual life all going on at the same time. And, you know, we talk about our school's um, philosophy is educating the student, mind, body, and soul. And, you know, I get the, the, the body part. I think that's very, very important. You can really, uh, like I said, draw parallels between that and, and your faith life. And you see it with our kids. I mean, our kids are giving back all the time. I mean, this mm. this past weekend, you know, we had a big fall gala. Uh, up here, that's one of our big funny fundraisers. Our football team helped serve that. The next day, we had a breakfast. I had, we had our volleyball team helping serve that. We had our cross country team out, you know, advertising that. So, you know, it, it's it's a thing that goes together. It's not just one person that does it. It's a group of people with a common goal, and I I think you see that very very much coming out of our our school system, and we're pretty lucky to have something like that. Mm. Craig, you uh, mentioned uh, how important your mentors were in your life um, and the different things that they gave to you. Could you speak to that a little bit of like when you think back to who your mentors were? Um, because I'm sure that there's times of the day when you think to yourself, man, do I sound like him? Or man, did I <laughs> like do that parents. like he did? Or you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, yep. you end up, yeah, a mentor, especially when you've had a mentor for that long. And when you've been in education and coaching that long, it probably is synonymous to a parental relationship mm -hmm. where you start to take on some of that person's traits and you bring things that they, that really touched your life in them. Could you speak to that a little bit of what you see from, from what your mentors gave you, what you've tried to bring with you into your coaching and teaching? Well, one of the things that I really found out, um, I was part of a, you know, a, a group of my class specifically, um, a bunch of good people, not very athletic. We went out, we didn't mm -hmm. win a lot. And you, you found out a lot very fast that you keep score for a reason, but there's a lot more to athletics and that than just um, the scoreboard wins and losses if everybody just goes on that because not everybody wins a state title right. not everybody wins mm -hmm. you know a regional title whatever um, but there's a lot more lessons that you can learn and you, you start talking about your mentors and you're, you're talking about okay these are guys that were demanding um, without being demeaning mm -hmm. I mean you, you talk mm -hmm. about that and you you start talking about those are the people that you remember. I mean, I can go, you can talk to anybody and say, okay, who are the teachers you remember? Who are the mm -hmm. teachers that left a bad taste in your mouth? Same with coaches, you know, and athletic directors. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, who are the people that made a difference? And it's, they expected your best all the time, but at the same time, they encouraged you and got you to get to that point without you even knowing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things you start talking about, the mentorship that we had. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the guys that I had uh, taught me that, you know what, you need to be honest with people. You have to have hard conversations. I mean, there's there's times that not everything is all sunshine and roses. I mean, it's not. And you got to be able to sit down and have that conversation, but at the same time, make that person feel good about themselves, even though they may not necessarily agree with you. 
um, here's where we're at and here's where we see moving ahead. You know, you still want to be part of it. Don't you want to be part of it? Here's what we expect out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's one thing that really stood out to me. And, and I, I kind of have that same attitude in the classroom. It's like, hey, you know what, here's, here's what I expect out of you. Um, it may take you a while to get there, but the word can't is not allowed in this classroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be hard for you, but you're going to put your nose to the grindstone and we're going to get it done together. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's the thing that kind of, I think, stuck with me. And part of the teaching and coaching, um, the best coaches I ever had were really good in the classroom. That's one thing I remember. They were really, really good in the classroom and they knew um, how and when it was time to, okay, we got to buckle down and when it's time to, okay, we got to pull back the reins a little bit and just say, hey, yo, we need to take a breath here. You know, I'm tired, you're tired. Let's all be on the same page and let's get ourselves refreshed for the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important, you know, and you see students responding to that. Mm-hmm. I've seen students responding mm-hmm. to you in that way, both on the court and in the classroom, just my own my own kids, you know, my fellow, you know, students that we have of when there's that level of respect that you still have for them and they know that you're doing it out of love for them that you want mm-hmm. because you want the best of them that you can call them to that higher level mm-hmm. and as you said you know teaching and coaching in the catholic school system allows you to do that in a way that you can wrap the faith into that mm-hmm. you know that it doesn't have to be separated that it can be incorporated in all of those things in the classroom on the court mm-hmm. uh in those conversations conversations with kids in the hallway so um maybe just before break here um how has your faith influenced your coaching i know you said you see those going together and it's a lot of parallels with athletics maybe for you specifically how has that kind of played out well, one of the hardest things that I had to, to learn how to do, um, you know, is admit you're wrong. There's times that you don't know it all. And, you know, when you, you have to get up in front of your team and say, you know what, you guys, I screwed up. Um, and it doesn't happen on a daily basis, but you've got to be able to step in front of those kids that are kind of looking up to you and say, you know what, this wasn't what was best for us at this time. I lost my cool that time. Not not acceptable. I uh I benched a kid or I had to sit down with a kid and I didn't tell him why. Um, that's one thing. I mean, I, I always go back to this. My first year of coaching, um, as a head coach, I didn't really know what the heck was going on, like most people don't their first year. And, uh, you know, we had, tri- we had tryouts and stuff, and I posted the list of who made the team and who didn't, and I had a senior guard that um, thought he was going to be the point guard, and he, in our coach's opinion, coaching staff, um, didn't make the top eight, and I cut the kid, and I didn't have the conversation with him. And that's one of my biggest regrets to this day, that I didn't sit down with that kid, you know, and let him know what was going on. And, and that has changed since that day. That has totally changed in my coaching and teaching career. I'll sit down with kids and say, hey, this is where we're at. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And, it, and again, that it, it fosters that mutual respect, totally. you know, of recognizing the dignity of those, Mm -hmm. you know, adolescents that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, we have to take a quick break, but stay with us. We're going to be back with Coach Greg Grinstener here from Trinity Junior High and High School. Don't go away. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. 
Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake their master saying, Master, do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed, no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, Real Presence Radio listeners. Thank you for being with us on this Tuesday morning. I'm Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by my co-host Kelly Schneider. We continue to come to you live from the Fisher Commons at Trinity Junior High and High School here in Dickinson in Southwest North Dakota. And we've been visiting uh, with one of our colleagues, coach and teacher Greg Grinsteiner, who uh, is our athletic director, our boys basketball coach, our math teacher, uh, wearing all those hats and visiting about how faith and athletics go together. So before the break, Greg, you were talking about, you know, how your faith influences kind of your vision of how you work with mm-hmm. students. How do you then bring that to them? In other words, that compatibility of faith and sports or faith in the classroom, how do you present that and bring that to the students that you work with? You know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, we like to do and, and you know, just as a starting point, you know, you sit down and have uh, team prayer. And I think that's one of the things that's really important, you know, especially when you get down, you know, emotions get high before a game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a quiet time to just, okay, we're going to reflect right now before we go out and compete. And one of the things that, you know, we talk to our kids about is uh, we don't pray to win or lose. We go out and we pray to stay healthy. We play, pray to uh, give our best. We pray in Thanksgiving to have the ability to be able to do this, as there are a lot of people that would love to be in the shoes that you are in uh, right now. And then we also pray to give thanks that our our families gave us this opportunity. You know, and that's that's one thing I think if kids understand, you know, the reflection part of it before you go out and you get intense for, 
you know, whatever it is, 32 minutes in a basketball game or 48 minutes in a football game or whatever. Then you come back at the end of the day after that and you get back together again. And you, as a team, you, you know, you give thanks for what just happened. And I mm-hmm. think that's one thing that you can do. And it's not just, you know, before a game or after a game. We talk about taking the quiet time and practice to get yourself, you know, the, the five minutes you might need in the morning to get up and you know you have your prayer or whatever you do the same thing when you when you step on the court or on the field you take five minutes to get yourself ready to go and I think that's so important that again the parallels between your faith life and and the athletic journey that kids go through I think that's one of the things that we can set as an example for these kids mm-hmm. we know that I say we like when you approach it from the perspective of faith and I, and I really do want to believe you know that that as a whole, in, in, in the high school athletic world, we keep in mind that, yes, some of these high school athletes will move on to be college athletes and, and, and might move on further if that's God's plan for their life. But by and large, we're trying to form future professionals, future moms and dads, future, you know, future priests, future nuns. We just don't know. And I, I think it's important, and Greg, I think you could shed some light on this. The ultimate purpose of athletic, at least as we athletics, at least as we see it here at Trinity and, and probably in many other schools across our listing area. But if you'd speak to that a little bit, when we talk about prayer and bringing faith in, ultimately, what do we want from our student athletes? Well, you know, I, th- I think we're pretty fortunate because we have um, we've been blessed to be able to have uh, chaplains that really are involved. And one of the things that I've done. Um, since I've been an athletic director, every time we get a new chaplain or, you know, we have a returning chaplain, we sit down and we talk about what are the needs that you have for us. And it's not just, you know, hey, what do you expect out of us? It's what do you have needs for us? Because a lot of our kids are involved at the assistant chaplain program as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to do prayer. They want to lead prayer before the game. They want to do different things like that. And, and it doesn't hurt that you, we've had two chaplains that are, you know, 6'6", six, six, that can dunk the ball <laughs> and practice on our kids. So they, they kind of get an idea. But they, they see a bigger purpose that it's... This is this is one of the things that these guys did that they had passion for mm-hmm. that all of a sudden it turned into a, a faith journey for them. Then they see other, you know, kids that have been part of it that all of a sudden now they, they have a family. Um, been blessed to, you know, be part of the married life and stuff like that. And they and they see the vocation, you know, they, they saw these kids, you know, as their role models when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they see that, hey, you know what? You might have lost this game tonight. If that's the worst thing that happens in your life, you've had a pretty good life. What are you going to do when you have a sick child at 2.30 in the morning and you don't know what to do? Yeah. He or she doesn't stop crying and that. I mean, that, that's where that comes into that discipline and stuff that you've been hopefully teaching these kids comes into play. And it's like, okay, you got to have some faith. you got to learn to have patience. you got to learn to have some of that quiet time that we've been talking about. Otherwise, you know what? Everybody's connected nowadays with social media and you know, electronics 24-7. Yeah. Take the time away from it a little bit. And I think athletics allows us to have that because we don't have all that stuff. If you come to practice for two hours a night, uh, there are no phones allowed. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to talk to somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's something, having a face-to-face and looking at somebody straight in the eye and, you know, saying, you know what, I screwed up, I'm sorry. All of a sudden you learn that. You know, you're not going to get that from a phone. I mean, you guys see that in the hallways when you walk through here in the morning. You know, kids are constantly on their phones and stuff. Take them away for a couple hours and see what happens. I mean, the bus trips. Yes. You know, (laughs) kids can't have the phones on the bus trips or whatever. They're not, 
you know, using those, I think that's so important that they learn how to have that conversation piece. I mean, that's that's one of the things I think we're missing in our society right now. I just remember, you know, when I was little, I thought, jeepers, grandpa and grandma are talking again. It's like, I'd love to sit down with grandpa and grandma right now and yeah. have that conversation. Yes. You know, it's amazing what they do. So, I think, too, a piece of that is the way we empower our student-athletes. And, and again, I think this is something that's, that's true in other schools. Um, to have those difficult conversations with coaches too, yep. Yep. that we, you know, we, mm-hmm. when, when there's a struggle and when there's, there's a celebration, when there's something that they're wondering about, Hey, don't go. It, it, of course, talk to mom and dad, talk to mom and dad. But then ultimately it's a conversation between you and coach yep. and that, you know, the, 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 confidence that's required to have that conversation the patience the self-awareness mm-hmm. um and for our coaches to be well versed in that too to receive mm-hmm. our coaches do such a fine fine job of receiving that from the kids and and making that a learning a learning experience mm-hmm. for them well one of the things I, I i really like about our coaching staff and you know we're not perfect by no means don't i i don't want to come across that way because we we make our share mistakes on a daily basis but you know I, I look at our coaching staff and how many alumni we have on staff that have been here or are here i mean i look at our our head football coach head volleyball coach both are having great mm-hmm. great years this year and they're both um graduates of of trinity and stuff and they decide to come back because they think it's their vocation as well i mean our both our basketball coaches um, are Trinity grads. Our track, our track coach had just retired. Uh, that's also in the Hall of Fame. He, he was a Trinity grad. I mean, I just it's mm-hmm. our golf coach. He's a Trinity grad. I mean, it's just amazing how you get these people, and it's it's like they get, you know, they're bought into what ha- what's happening. It's a sacrifice for them to coach because they're not. I mean, they're they're not getting a seven figure uh, <laughs> salary to, no, to coach the season and stuff, but. They, they believe in our in the mission that we have, and I think that's one of the things that's that's exciting about being part of our you know a Catholic school. You have that opportunity that you can go ahead and share your faith, and that's that's part of what's expected. And it's not only what's expected; it's it's what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, coming back to that, that it, it's not just about athletics, right? Mm-hmm. That we're mm-hmm. we're making good human beings basically yeah. you know like we're it's it's beyond because at some point no matter how far their athletic career goes it's going to end yep. yes. at some yep. point yes you know yes. and like what else is there mm-hmm. you know and putting those things in perspective so um what sort of you know i guess teaching moments you know around that and particularly like when you discuss faith matters with the the athletes the student athletes how do they respond? How do they see that? What do you see as far as them taking that in? Well, I, th- I think one of the things that they see is, you know, like you were just talking about, Amanda, you know, it, this isn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. You know, the other part of it is it, it's, it's part of the family as well. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our parents, we're, we're lucky that our parents are involved as much as they are around here. I mean, our, their support, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's always positive um you know everybody's got their <laughs> philosophy on who should play who should be where how should we should do things but i think everybody has the um same idea that they want what's best for the kids and we mm-hmm. have to do it together it's not just mm-hmm. a, a one-way street you know the coach doesn't know everything we need the parents involvement as well we need the parent you know because after a game you know we're going to have our conversation and stuff but uh, in the long run the parent the kids are going home to their families i mean mm-hmm. they got to be able to sit down with their parents and stuff too and we talk about you know, I, I think one of the important things is a 24-hour rule. If, if a student wants to talk about the game, 
um, go ahead and talk about it. If they don't want to talk about it, let them have their time. You know, there's too many times, and I did this with my kids, you live vicariously as a parent through your kids, <laughs> and you want the best for them. You hate to see them hurt, but you know what? That's part of life. Yeah. That's part of growing up. You mm-hmm. have to learn how to handle situations. It's not, it's not going to always end up your way. I mean, there's many games we lost in a last-second shot. You know, and how do you handle that one? I, I remember when I was a young coach, it was like, it's the end of the world. And now it's like, again, if that's the worst thing that happens, you know, having seven grandkids now, it's like, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot, lot more in life that, that comes about than just that game that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Al, pretty Al Bundy might say it different. But. <laughs> perspective. Yeah, perspective yes. of, you know, that we were made for more, yes. right, than, than winning this game, than winning this championship, yep. Yep. than right. whatever my, my basketball, my football, my volleyball, yep. my swim career, like, right. it, it's going to go beyond that yep. and, and to shape these these young people mm-hmm. into good you know human beings mm-hmm. who are living out their vocation yep. for yes. whatever God is calling them to in and through the classroom and their athletics and all of those things and I think it's such a beautiful opportunity you mm-hmm. know that we have in our Catholic schools to be able to put those things together and put it in perspective mm-hmm. and the dignity that's involved in the moments that it's not always all about the game yeah that it's about the daily grind yep showing up practices Mm -hmm. you know and and the moments that got you to the game you know and 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 that's a parallel to life like Mm -hmm. it's not always the big milestones it's all about the daily moments of how am i living today where am i at in my relationships, how am I with my teammates when yeah. I'm at practice, yeah. and not just the games? You know, how how do I carry myself in the hallway to the underclassmen because they look at me and they see me on the varsity team? You know, mm-hmm. one thing too, Greg, that that struck me as we were talking is is rightly prioritizing life, which I think is tied in to the philosophy, and and you could touch upon that. But we teach our kids student first, athlete second. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that, you know, kids have to understand that, you know, participating in co-curricular activities is a privilege. It's not a right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing. You, you show up here, and you, you've got to do it in the classroom first because that's where we're going to school. I mean, I, 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 would, I would say, you know, when I look back at myself, I loved going to school because of the co-curriculars, but there was more to it than just that. And I think kids are going to mm-hmm. find out the same thing is true with, athletics and their faith there's more to athletics than just going out and playing it's all the things you had to do to get yourself ready to play that game or that evening whatever you were doing that's right yeah absolutely and creating virtue yes. Yes. really what we're trying to do is create virtue in, yep. in these student athletes rightly prioritizing yes yeah. wonderful well thank you for being with us coach this mm-hmm. morning and stepping away from your classroom to be to join us downstairs for this important conversation uh real presence radio listeners we have to step away for a break but don't go away we're going to be right back with our brand new focus missionary team from here in dickinson stay with us Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith as Meeting. One has never achieved complete faith. Faith has to be lived again and again in life and in suffering 
as well as in the great joys that God sends us, it is never something that I can put in my pocket like a coin. The essence of faith is that I do not meet with something that has been thought up, but that here something meets me that is greater than anything we can think of ourselves. The Christian faith brings us consolation that God is so great that he can become small and that he is actually for me the unexpected and previously inconceivable greatness of God that he is able to bow down so low. That he himself really enters into a man, no longer merely disguises himself in him so that he can later put him aside and put on another garment, but that he becomes this man. It is just in this that we actually see the truly infinite nature of God, for this is more powerful, more inconceivable than anything else, and at the same time more saving. This very God, who has the power to realize love in such a way that he himself is present in a man, that he is there and introduces himself to us, that he associates himself with us, is exactly what we need in order to escape from having to live to the end with fragments and half-truths. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.